Hi everyone, welcome to episode 68 of Mom Printer Space Live Show. I'm Kenneth Chu, the host and also the author of Mother Industrialist, Perfecting the Balance Between Motherhood and Business Success. I've been running my own digital marketing agency, KC Creative Marketing, for the past five years. So with this new season, I hope to give more values to my viewers. I will still be bringing on a different, inspiring, successful mompreneur each week to share insights that other mompreneurs and soon-to-be mompreneurs can be inspired and learn from. During this live show, you can post your question in the comments and we will be answering them at the end of the show. So let's get the show started. So today I have this really awesome mompreneur um, that I met her for coming to two years and how we met each other is through a business networking session and during this business networking session uh, get to know that she's a mom she's a beautiful mom with three beautiful kids and when she told me that the business that she's doing right is a uh, she wants to start a social enterprise and that really touched me because um, I'm someone who really believe in giving back I love giving back I've been doing a lot of social work uh, getting into charity works uh, for ever since secondary school and uh, for the past I would say eight years I've been involved in various community uh, service and also helping out with um, organizing uh, community uh, activities uh, for my previous previous business so today I'm really very fortunate to have her um, been seeing her doing a lot of good even during this period of time of the COVID of the circuit breaker she has been constantly giving back and I'm so touched and very very fortunate to have her uh, she's a beautiful mom with three beautiful kids uh, with a pair of twin girls uh, she's the founder of social gifting and so without further ado let us welcome Valen hi Valen Good to see you. Uh, thanks for making time uh, to come onto my show. And today is a public holiday, and you agreed to come on to um, for this show. Really, really fortunate. Um, finally got you onto the show. So, uh, as I mentioned to you, there's a tradition that every guest get to post the question of the day out to the audience and also to the next guest. So, are you ready to answer the question of the day posted by the previous guest? Okay. So the question of the day posted by the previous guest is what is the gift that you have found during this time? So I, I, when I saw when I heard this from the previous guest, I was like, what? it must be for you. It's really for you because um, what we're going to talk about really relates to this gifting. So I repeat again, the question of the day posted by the previous guest is what is the gift that you have found during this period of time? Uh, let me just maybe say hi to those who are tuning in. Uh, thanks for waiting. And we have uh, Su, um, Yen Wong, and we have uh, Shini. We have Valet herself tuning in also. Uh, we have Kaden. Kaden, Kaden is your kid, right? Your, yeah, your, that's right. Your, My son. Your son. <laughs> okay. Hi, Kaden. Hi. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, Li Ping. Is it Li Ping Chan? Then we have Patrick. Patrick, is it? My husband. Your husband. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Patrick. Yeah, your wife is with us on the show. Um, okay. So now you can hear us. And Jessica Ng. Jessica. Hi, mm -hmm. Jessica. And uh, we thanks for letting us know that you can hear uh, Valen now. And we have mm -hmm. Rico. 
recruit emin okay good so uh now we can officially start so valen um for the question of the day uh we'll post it to you again mm. so uh the question of the day posted by the previous guest is what is the gift that you have found during this time all right so are you ready with your answer Yes, sure. Okay, so sure. during this COVID nineteen, right, we are not supposed to interact with our vulnerable senior. So what we what we are trying to do is to find an alternative way how we can contribute back to the society. And then I find this gift of collaboration. This gift of collaboration means that you know um, when I I start to post a uh, Facebook post that you know we need to make masks for migrant worker, and then uh, somebody uh, we I have a friend who. Who came forward to me and say, "Hey, you know, I have some materials. Why don't you take that?" And then with that materials, then I worked out the post to look for people who can sew. And then it's through collaboration, people come in to sew. And then after that, we need somebody to transport the things to the dormitory. And then you know, another person came forward. So I guess um, during this period of time, I find that the gift of collaboration is that um, is there something that you need, you just have to share it out. And then yep. there's somebody that will also come in to you know play a part. To make this society a better place. Wow, wow, that's very good, and it, it's really, really warm to hear all this. Like, uh, what are the things that you're doing to help the community during this period, during this um, circuit breaker, or for those who are on the lockdown? Uh, it's nice to have all of you, and I would like to uh, thank all of you for helping us and helping the seniors during this period of time to really embrace it and um, brave through this period. So now we can officially kickstart with the show, Valen. Yeah, so maybe uh, for those who are tuning in for the first time, seeing you for the first time, uh, maybe you can do a short introduction of yourself. Uh, maybe share with us what were you doing previously before you start your company, and what are you currently doing uh, for the company, especially for this period of time, and where are you from? Because uh, we do have international audience that's all around the world that's watching as tuning in, and also for those who are watching the replay, um, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Although there's a lot of uh, because of the technical support. Uh, technical problem. Uh, but now we are back here again. So, uh, Valen, can you short, do a short introduction of yourself? Okay, uh, I try my best to be concise. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh, this is okay, your. Okay, I'm Valen. I'm a mother of three kids. So my eldest is ten years old, and then I have two beautiful twins. Girl, they are eight years old this year. Probably two. So I started social distancing two years ago, um, and it was actually inspired by my kids. And prior, okay. Beside, I, let me start with what I'm doing now first. So I'm a mother. I'm a founder of Social Gifting. I am uh, also a student at SUSS. I'm pursuing a degree in um, social work, and then apart from that, I'm also a volunteer police. Yeah, so I'm uh, involved in doing voluntary policing work during this period of time as well. Wow. So yeah. So prior to that, what I was doing is I, I was actually in a um. um I um, was working in a marketing department. Oh no! Okay, prior to this, I was working with NCSS mm. and Lions Befrienders. I was always in fundraising, and prior to fundraising, before I came into the charity sector, I was doing marketing. I was running an academy. I was doing uh, running retail shop and all. Yeah, so that's a concise. Uh, mm. Well, that that is very concise. You can you can also uh, share a bit more. But what what I want to um, ask you is, like. You were saying that you were doing marketing mm, before previously. that, previously. Yes. So does um does the marketing experience help you in setting up this uh because to to this topic right um, mm. uh, topic of the day is how to nurture your kids to have a giving heart. So for mm. you um we have hear from you you are someone really 
uh, out to give because during this period of time you are also volunteering yourself to do the pol uh, policing of situation or even to ensure everybody is safe especially the seniors so maybe you can you can share with us like like does your experience from the marketing help you in uh, setting up social gifting because it's a social enterprise so does it help you in that because what i see in a, a lot of business or even for social enterprise that um, some of my friends set up is the marketing part because you guys need to reach out to more people to raise the awareness so that you can receive more funding or you can do fun more fundraising so does that really help you Definitely. Okay. I think I have to rewind a little bit back to my youth. Mm. So, you know, when I was young, I, I, I don't know why is it in me that I always want to, you know, do something with, you know, with a helping hand and all. So mm. when I was young, I would go to my mom and say, hey, you know, that person need help. I'm going to help that person. And my oh. mom would always tell me, don't be capable. Just do what <laughs> you are supposed to do. You know, this is a very Asian and Chinese way of thinking, yep. right? You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. So I was like, okay, I so you know when I was young, I always have this mixture feeling like, hey, why is it not uh, rewarding to be helpful? But I think it's within my DNA that I'm still a very capable and very helpful person. This <laughs> <Which laughs> yeah. is good. Yeah. So and then eventually, when I started to choose a course for my diploma, so I told my mom like, you know, I want to go into community service. And my mom like, no. You know, you have to first learn, you have to first go into business. Mm -hmm. And then if you go into business, then you know how to earn money. And then that's when you can give back to the society. And at that point of time, I, I think I was like, mm, yeah, that's true. My parents are very smart, right? You have to first have money, then you can be able to contribute back to the society. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think I was also partly influenced by my dad because my dad has a, is, a, is a very active in giving back to the community. Mm. So when he was young, uh, when I was young, he actually brought me out to do all this, to create it, to do all this community work with him. Mm. And, you know, that was the time that I was really inspired by him and said, you know, hey, I, you know, this can be a career. I, this can be something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. But then um, when it comes to studying, right, my parents are still very strict. Like, no, you need, uh, you need to, you know, be good in business first before do, you do anything. And that's when, um, that's the reason why I actually enrolled to NYP, which is mm. very far away from my house, to <laughs> pick up a diploma in business because they offer a specialization in comedy service at year two onwards. Mm. However, after I went to NYP, I think because the course is not sellable, they actually cancel the course. Oh. Yeah, so, so I mean... It's still a blessing because, you know, I, I still finished my diploma and everything. And then after that, I pursued a degree. Hmm. And then that's when I went into to do marketing and uh, retail and uh, academy. And I think that gave me, um, it's about, I think I was in the business for about seven years. So that seven years actually gave me a very good foundation to, you know, how to run, how to look at how people run a business hmm. and, and, you know, to give me uh, some good marketing background and all. So for the and seven years, you are referring to your job, uh, doing marketing for the seven yeah, years right. for that for the company that you work for, right? Mm. Okay, okay, yeah. good. So, so because when when you start sharing about your dad influencing you in doing giving back and charity stuff, uh, that that really resonate with me because that that is what I'm doing, and my daughter, I always get her involved, uh, and and she love it, and she always asks me. Papa, when is the next time that you are doing this and helping people? Because there, mm -hmm. uh, there was a time you were helping the kids that uh, they, 
the less privileged kids. We brought them to mm-hmm. Science Center. That was one of the activities that I organized. I was in the community, so I organized it. Mm-hmm. So I, I was doing the liaising with the Science Centers and see if we can get a good prize and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so she volunteered and she helped me and she remembered that scene. That was about like three years ago and even to today, she still remember. So when you talk about your dad being influenced, I was like, hey, it's not like me. It's, it's like I'm seeing the, my, my future, future um, daughter that, that is going to set up something like what you have been setting up, like uh, a social mm-hmm. enterprise because you have the give, giving heart. So because I wanted to ask whether is it that does this giving back runs in your family and you mentioned that it's your dad so that is why uh, I'm really happy to hear that and with that um, we should thank your dad for inspiring you influencing you and that's why you have founded Social Gifting so maybe um, you can share with us like how does uh, what is Social Gifting maybe to give the audience a better um, better perspective of what exactly uh, Social Gifting is maybe you can introduce it to us so um, I started social gifting two years ago on my girl's birthday. Mm. So I've been planning to do social gifting for quite some time. So I just uh, didn't find the courage and to and the resources to start to start doing it. But then you know, um, um, during that year, I was like, I was telling myself, okay, you know, um, okay. So I think you actually have to go back to the time where I realized that my children, I have, um, I have three kids, right? So yeah. out of three of them, two of them have dyslexia. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that was uh, when I realized that they had dyslexia. Then I decided that, okay, I'm going to stop my, I'm going to stop working for NCSS and I'm going to quit my job and I should spend more time to help them. Because um, that's when the teachers start to call me a lot and tell me, hey, you know, I need you to spend more time with the kids. I realized that there's some learning difficulty that they are facing and you might need to spend more time with them. And then we bring them for different diagnoses and yeah. all, and then we realize, hey, okay, my kids had dyslexia. But of course, um, I I believe that with a lot of um, uh, intervention, it can eventually help them to overcome this reading issue. Yeah. Yeah. But then that also means that as a mother, I I I have to spend more time with the children. Mm. I can't ask my husband to quit his job to look after the kids. Yeah. And of course, it's the it's always in in a mother that you know mother needs to do something. All right. Yeah. So that's when I then decided, okay, I need to, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to look after the children. But at the same time, I know my own personality. I'm going to get bored. I cannot just face the children 24-7. And, you know, there's no way I can I can um, be satisfied with my life and, do, and, and be able to help I the guess that, that is very life. much for modern mothers, modern women, that, yeah. that they, they are not. They, we, they cannot be like what their mother used to be, like totally housewife, <laughs> stay-at-home mom, 100%. But I guess mm-hmm. because of the education, uh, like mothers nowadays are more educated, they want to give back, they want to contribute to the family. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's why I, I guess uh, I, I understand your, can resonate with your struggle because a mm-hmm. lot of my uh, mompreneurs that I work with, they also share that part with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after I, um, then after that, I decided to enroll to SVSS to start my social work degree. Uh, reason why degree is because it's a weekdays course. So, you know, in the morning I can help with my children and then at night I can attend course and do mm. my assignments and all. So I thought it's a, it's a very good balance. Whereas a master is on weekend and then that takes up time for my children, right? Mm. So then I, um, I complete, I'm doing this degree right now and then at the same time, after one year, I realized that, hey, you know, I still have enough time. Why don't I do something? I, why don't I start a social enterprise, you know? Because just studying and looking after a kid is not 
satisfying enough. I don't get the hands-on experience. Yeah. I want yeah. to do something as well. So that's when I started to start this social enterprise. So social gifting, right, was um, actually to prove to help the disempowered community to you know to use crafting as a kind of meaningful activity for them to be able to do something and to get confidence from the the things that they do. Yeah. So we started off with go uh, with helping the vulnerable seniors. And then we move on to you know uh, people with uh, mental and physical disability, and uh, we are also helping uh, mothers as well, mother mm. with multiple kids. And uh, what we do is we actually bring craft down to their place. We teach them how to do certain craft, and then after that we help them to do packaging and all, and we help them to sell online. Wow! So yeah. so basically you are teaching them how to to fish instead of giving them the fish. Yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah, and also they will feel a sense of fulfillment. That means yes. they are doing something and to being supported at the same time by mm. by your organization. So you you were saying that you you inspired by your three kids because of mm. them. Uh, that means your was it your twin twin daughters that is having yeah. a dyslexia. Uh, it's my eldest son and oh. my youngest daughter. Oh, so okay. it's the eldest and youngest. Mm, so okay. yeah, that uh, they have dyslexia. So mm. they have a lot of struggles in school. Mm. They um. They they are unable to read and then they get the you know and because they are unable to read they start to feel inferior. Yeah. Yeah, and then they start to you know they are very uh, afraid of uh, speaking out sometimes because people will be laughing at them for the limited vocab that they have and all. Yeah. So, um, however, I I'm very glad that okay last year my son actually he he got a a award in school for being for helping his peers. Wow, so, that's good. Although. Yeah, so I mean, the good thing is, although he has some kind of learning disability, he tells himself that you know, um, I still can help somebody mm. else. So in his class, he has um, uh, a classmate with uh, some kind with other kind of dis- uh, disability, yep. and my son just uh, offered to help him to take care of him during recess break to make sure that he don't run out of class uh, during class time. You know, yeah. wow. so good job, Kaden. No, yeah. good. Good job, Kiran. <laughs> so that that is very very inspiring because it also um the reason the reason why um you chose to to talk about this topic, which is how to nurture your kids to have a giving heart. Uh, when you talk about the dyslexias and also um the living difficulties, in fact, mm. my daughter when she was eighteen months, uh, she was diagnosed with slack autism. Um, the PD mm. was saying that, and uh, you mentioned about the intervention. So we sent her for the early childhood intervention. So that we've done a lot of therapies and stuff like that. So it helped her in in the in that uh what you call that, in her learning abilities, because mm-hmm. she was not able to focus and a lot of things was not well developed. Um, although a lot of um I would say our friends, our par- like other parents, oh they eventually they will grow up, but I would I I because for me, uh as because of my experience in working in motherhood mm-hmm. magazine. I knew about early childhood intervention, and at that point of time, that was like eleven years ago. Uh, most of my friends have never heard of it, because they have not consumed the content. So, and our parents definitely they will not know about that. Uh, they will say, "Oh, our kids are everybody learn a different phrase," but what what I learned from that that period is, like, uh, the kids right? Why are more and more kids having a lot of problems of learning because our parents. A lot of times, we as modern parents, we want to exist, we want to protect, we want to do a lot of things for them, mm. to the extent they do not ha- have the ability to develop that skill. 
for example, if they want to eat before they want to eat, we already feed them. Before they mm. want to go to toilet, we already ask them to go to toilet. So everything they are just like robot. They have not developed that skill. They will not have not developed the skill of asking. Like, if they need something, they have to ask. So that also delayed that that learning ability. From what I learned from the therapist, and um, that is largely because for us we are very protective. We wanted to mm. help them, assist them, because I, that's what I I see and. And when I discussed with my wife, we also agreed that a lot of times um, we wanted to provide for them, but in fact, it it delayed the learning. So mm-hmm. we learned a lot from it from the therapist, and um, and whenever I see that my my friends, their their kids are having that symptoms, mm-hmm. uh, I feel heartache because as a friend, I can't tell them because I'm not mm-hmm. an expert, but be, but because me being in um, the parenting industry. Uh, also consuming the content from Motherhood magazine, I know of all this, but the mm-hmm. awareness was not there. the yeah. The education is not there, so it's also hard. And furthermore, we are being Asian. We are very, uh, what do you call that? Um, very st- stubborn at times, and we don't mm-hmm. really listen. We, we the the pride, like I would say. Mm-hmm. So at that point of time, um, there's some nothing much can I can do, but um. Uh, coming back to you, it's like when when you when you mention about your kids having all this, but mm-hmm. it turns out to be another uh, another good thing, which they have this giving heart, and with you uh, supporting them, um, nurturing them in that with a giving heart. Uh, now, like your son has even won that that uh, is it uh, like a award? It's called uh, We Be Hoon Award from from their primary school. Wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah. I think that 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 uh, must have made you proud of it, right? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So and also interestingly, right? Mm. Actually, we're back to the topic that we were saying about parents being, you know, oversupplying everything for the children. Yeah. So interestingly, last this actually beginning uh, last week, my daughter told me this. My my second daughter, who is mm. Kaylin, she is a very brilliant and bright girl. She came to me during lunchtime and say, "You know, mommy, sometimes you know your brothers." Uh, uh, my kid, they always say, "Mommy, sometimes you nag too much. <laughs> you know, sometimes you you do too much, or and all, or you you I, I, I because I'm a very strict mother. So my daughter came to me and tell me, "Mommy, actually you are a very good mother because you don't do everything for me. Hmm. A bad mother do everything for the children, <laughs> wow. and the children never learn. And you are a good mother because you do you you don't do everything for us, and you want us to do things ourselves." I was really so touched by wow. that. Wow! Wow! Yeah. That is that that just shows that you are doing things right, um, <laughs> like it's like coming from a kid, your and your daughter is only eight years old, right? Yeah, yeah. Coming from a kid and telling you that, that is that is really um the a, a good testimonial. Why do mm-hmm. I say that? A lot. Of, okay, this is some. This is the topic that uh that was brought up during uh the previous episode. We talk about mm-hmm. this um the guilt, the guilt, mm-hmm. uh, the mom's guilt. The mom's kid is feeling always feeling that they have not done enough for the kid, yeah. and they overdo it over like you mentioned oversupply, which is a very mm. good good way to put it. So, uh, because of the gift of not spending more time with the, them, that's why they mm. they want to give a lot to make up or compensate for the loss of time. Uh, mm. during that short period of time that they have, they just just how should they bombarded the kid with a lot of their expectation, mm. and we talk about uh about upbringing also. Like why are parents setting so ma- so much expectation on the kid? Yeah. Uh, it's because of the lack of 
um, dream being fulfilled. For example, uh, why are parents uh, setting, oh, you must learn this piano, you must learn this ballet because mommy back then doesn't have the chance to learn that. Yeah. That's why now I have the ability because Akong Ama cannot, cannot support, cannot oh. afford. That's why you have the chance. Like, like the kid was like, I'm not asking for this. I just want to play, <laughs> want to enjoy myself and, and mm. have fun or maybe have more time with mommy. I don't want to like go to piano class where I lose that one to two hours of time with mommy. Mm. So, so the, the key thing is back to what does the kid really want? Is this mm. something that the kid want or the parents want it to, to, to cure their, their little Kenneth or little Valen back then when we don't have the ability? So, you know, I think for the next episode, you should invite a children in to talk as well. Right, yeah. From the children <laughs> point of view. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can invite my daughter in. Yeah. yeah. So like kids nowadays they are very smart. Um, they are mm. they are very brilliant, very intelligent. Um, that's so why with your, for your eight year old daughter to come to you and tell you that is wow. But how many kids can do that? How yeah. many kids dare to say that? Because they might be like nagged by the mother or scolded by the mother. What are you, are you talking about? What, what rubbish are you talking about? What nonsense are you talking about? That is what a lot of kids are facing. Because that is what most of us are being brought up with that, mm. that put down. Mentality. Yeah. Mm. So uh, talking about that, so why are you so passionate about like social work? Like Although it's from influenced by your dad, but why is it something? Because I believe that among your peers, you might be the only one or might be one of the least that is doing going into social work. Why are you so passionate and why do you choose that? Okay, I, oh, I, so many I, things. I feel that by doing social work or by giving back, right, it actually adds on to being more resilient. Hmm. It's actually like when I give, what I receive is not a, a physical good, but it's the inten- intangible emotion that I receive back from, you know, the recipient that make me feel even better and make me feel like I can do more, I can help more people. So I think that is the feel-good factor was something that uh, that is a trigger for me to do more. And I hope to add this resilient point to the children. So, you know, uh, children, right, they are so... they are, they're very critical about themselves these days. Sometimes I feel like I don't even have to criticize my children to tell them what's good and what's bad. Yep. They themselves, they already have a have a framework to tell them what is good, what is bad. Oh, mommy, I only got 80 marks. It's not good enough because the, you know, my the teachers say so and all. So what I always tell them to do is, you know, just make sure that you do your best. You mm. don't need to you don't need to get full marks. Okay, uh, but you just have to tell ask yourself, did you try your best? If you try your best, this is within your best ability, then I will accept that. Okay, that's good. But if you tell me that you are watching too much TV and you don't <laughs> invest time in doing revision, then you know that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah, I think you point out something that is very important that uh, mm-hmm. the kids nowadays they, in fact, without the parents' stress, right, the environment, their peers, or even the school environment is really stressing them so much. Yeah. And with social media, if they are even in, on it, right, it's even more mm-hmm. stressful because of uh, wanting to be seen, wanting, wanting to be heard. And mm-hmm. a lot of times in our Asian context, uh, most children are not given that, that voice mm-hmm. to speak up or even to dictate or even to voice out their opinion. So that, that is what, where I see. But it, that has also uh, got to do with parenting, like how parents are parenting their kids. Like for mm. you, you, you can see that your kids are voicing out and letting you know because mm. you give them that, 
that space for them mm-hmm. to say it out. Definitely, you will have your ground rules, you have your your strict moment, but mm-hmm. I guess it's to build them to be more resilient. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned about having a giving heart because when you want to, when you, um, when you want to give, right, you have to understand the the power of giving. Mm. Yeah, rather than receiving, because um, I would say a lot. I would I I I do not want to stereotype or even put a label, but most kids are being brought up receiving a lot more. Mm. The reason why, from what I've observed in the past ten over years, working with parents, working with mompreneurs, is that because the the parents are not brought up able to receive more. Mm. Like for me, I've never never. I'm not able to receive more because of my parents because that they are not um we 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 come from the mid and below family mm. so uh we are not able to and I have two younger sisters so everything have to share so what mm. and my dad is the only sole breadwinner so mm. it's even harder he was like earning less than a thousand back then when when uh when when we grew up so we are not able like I can't even have a toy I can't even buy anything. Mm. Even I want to buy anything, it's only food, and even food I I have to share with my sisters because we are in that state. So when we grew up naturally, we have that tendency to hey now we have the ability we will want to, mm-hmm. uh, give whatever that our kids deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that. So I guess that's also about like parents these days, right? Like in in the okay in our parents' uh, generation, they can't give because they don't have enough. Yep. But I think in our current generation, for other parenting style is. We are giving a lot because we want to compensate for the lost time. Yep. So I'm giving, but like you know, there are some parents that are buying a lot of toys for the children because yep. they are working so hard; they don't have enough time to play. With the yeah, it's the guilt that right, that right. comes in yeah, also, mm. and it's to compensate uh for the loss of time. Uh, mm. but that if if as a child back then you will understand, like my dad wasn't wasn't there. When I grew up, because mm. he was so busy working, he was even working night shift. Uh, because he was he is a mechanic, and he he's only able mm. to work after the restaurant closes at ten mm. or nine. Then he can mm. start to work. By the time he come back home, it's already twelve a.m. And mm. every day is like that. I don't really get to see him. But thank God, because I have my mom around. My mom is my my friend, my soulmate, mm. everything. Like support me physically, emotionally, and uh, psychologically. Mm. That's why when I grew up, anything that I face, I will be able to talk to her. But this is something that I realized that now these childrens are not having mm. because the only one that they have is the domestic helper. Yeah. It's like it's it's quite sad to to see some of my 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 how should put it some of the kids like that I used to used to volunteer mm. for and uh, why they became rebellious because there was a period of time I was uh, volunteering for social work. That mm. is to deal with rebellious kids, or those that are almost being sent to Boys Town, because they are mm. too young, they can't go. And when I talk to them as a friend, I realize that a lot of time it's because both parents are working. The only person mm. they can talk to is the the domestic helper. But as they grow up, they start to realize they look around their friends and re- realize that why do other parents have parents and I do not have that kind of stuff. Mm. It's really sad. And a lot of times now with social media, it's even worse. They distant from the parents, and when the parents realize that hey, now I have time because I work so hard. Now I have reached a level that I can spend more time with them. It's too mm. late, 
because they have really distant from you and when when they distant from you as parent you feel so hard then you want to grab them even closer and the mm. more you want to grab them the more they, they they want to walk away so that's why when you when when you talk about like to nurture your kids to have a giving heart uh i i believe that is something that uh the kids needs more than the academic more than whatever they learn whatever skill that they want is that uh, is that what you also see in terms of yeah. like not not really bang bang on them having more academic results yeah i i guess um okay for me when i do my voluntary work so you know we 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 do voluntary work every week right um my nature job so we have to go down to centers we craft the seniors and all and i'll try to bring my kids along and they will be you know um it's also true there that they learn to interact with others they learn to interact with the elderly they learn to uh, interact with people who have lesser and that's when they learn that okay they have to you know they are able to nurture and giving up from there yeah i i guess that like the environment really speak for it <laughs> because um you are putting them to to the environment that they yeah. have to learn how to communicate with the elderly mm. And also how to get things done, mm-hmm. and they are they have to learn independence because you yeah. you will also be busy managing all the other stuff and mm-hmm. just leaving them there. But you know it's a safe yeah. space, and also to let them know, hey, in fact, um, the world is more than more than what you think. Mm-hmm. There are people who need help, and they they get to see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like like uh the previous time um like I mentioned. Uh, my daughter was helping, being a volunteer to help all these mm. less privileged kids, and some of them were they are they are deaf or they are they are, mm. they are mute, so yeah. she has to find ways to communicate with them, mm. or even to hold their hand, or even yeah. to do body language like because them. she don't mm. know sign language. So that is mm. also something that, uh, she she was asking me, hey, Papa, can I learn sign language and stuff? Mm. Like that. So they get to learn to adapt. And see how they can help because children, being children, they are very innocent. They really mm. when they can feel it and they want to help. They say, "Hey, how come this kid?" And when, they, when she talk about like Pokemon, right? Those kids has no idea what is Pokemon because they don't even have the money to to buy and or and the media access, correct. Yeah. They don't even have like smartphone mm. or they don't even have the chance. Like maybe once in the blue mm. moon, they get to see YouTube and all that stuff. So mm. she get to appreciate. I guess the kids get to appreciate what they have. And they mm-hmm. even want to give, so um, that also bring me to uh, asking you because you have been running social gifting for the past mm-hmm. two years. So what are your challenges and struggles? Uh, because yeah. it's something that it's a lot mm-hmm. of giving. Definitely, there will be a time that you feel that ah, oh, I'm so exhausted of giving or or mm-hmm. not. Now, so what are your challenges and struggles? Okay, I think one main challenge is always the to balance the supply and demand. So you know we have this conversation two years ago, right? That yeah. one of the challenges uh, that um that I will be facing is the to balance the supply and demand. How to ensure that we have enough supply mm. to match with the demand, or make sure that there's a uh, there's not, not too much demand and uh, too under supply. So I think this is still something that we are working out with the seniors. So mm. we try to always get pre orders uh, for the seniors to do and all. And then uh, one of the things that pop up as well is also a lot of people will ask me, oh, how do you make sure that you don't run out of crafting ideas? Mm. Yeah, right. because um, there's only so many ideas that we <laughs> have, right? And that's when I decided to, you know, to let the volunteer play a more prominent role. So we also initiated this, uh, which is called a makers program. Mm. A makers program aimed at um, 
having intergenerational bonding with the vulnerable seniors that I serve. So what we actually encourage is for parents to bring along their children and to form a group of 10 and then to run a crafting session together with seniors. And that's where they, you know, you will be surprised that uh, we try to let the children, like uh, especially those who are in primary and secondary school, yep. to lead the program and to lead their parents. Wow, so, you know, the children will be given a leadership role. We give them a checklist and then they will be, they will just try to, you know, organize the event based on the checklist that we have. Yeah. And I think that is very good because uh, through volunteering, right, we don't just, uh, we don't, it's not, it's not as simple as I do A and I receive B. Yep. But you get a lot of um, um, unexpected surprise back. Such as my kids are able to speak a few words of Hokkien after volunteering wow, with me at the home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they will they will come and tell me, "Mummy, they call me Amokia." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Or when they go to the center, they'll ask the the uh, seniors, "Auntie, japa boy." Wow, you know? that's so yeah. sweet. So, so I guess that is the kind of unexpected surprise that you actually receive back from giving back to the community. Yeah. And of course, the leadership role was one of them. They learned how to be independent, you know. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, um, even like my daughter, uh, she started to learn like be more open to Mandarin, like Chinese. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if if you volunteer, right, most of the seniors they are more Chinese or even Hokkien. Yes. Uh, yeah. so that that's that's the least. But um, mm-hmm. like she was have that 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 um, what you call that, the Angmoh accent. Because they are, they are so fluent in English, so when you speak Chinese, they have that, this Angmo accent inside. Like, they call it Jiakantang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, potato. So, um, so, during this period of time that like you mentioned about the supply and demand, you also feel that, mm-hmm. although it's a social enterprise, it's a non-profit, but it's, it's also a business that needs to be profitable. Mm-hmm. That you also have to apply this supply and demand, uh, which is... Because I have spoke with mothers who wanted to start social enterprise, and I realized mm. that it's it's very it, the way they they think about it is very simple. They felt that being a social enterprise, you can be supported by a lot of uh, mm. by the government funders. and all the mm. funders, and like money just come like that. But um, later, that they didn't know that there's so many social enterprises out there that re- requires funding, and mm-hmm. uh, most of them do not have that awareness. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where the marketing has to come out. Like you have to be out there. Like I know that you guys, uh, like social gifting has uh, in Bukit Panjang. It's just at Bangkit. Mm-hmm. I saw that you have one, and it's very near my place. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so when I see that, I say hey, like 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 like. Mm-hmm. You being there, right, is very smart because the traffic mm-hmm. flow is really a lot, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of elderly there. And um, I would say that like where where you are uh, determines the exposure, mm-hmm. and with the minimum cost, uh, you are able to have that awareness, which is mm-hmm. something that most social enterprise do not have. Mm-hmm. And and that is uh, on the that means treating it as a business. You still need to profit. Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned before, we come on life is like even a social enterprise. You still need need to be profitable so that you can support mm-hmm. even more or even raise more fund. So mm-hmm. um, the business skill, the business management skill, you still have to apply it. It's not that mm-hmm. oh um it's very noble that you have a social enterprise, but if it doesn't make money, you can't mm-hmm. continue long, and eventually you might have to give up so like you mentioned um like the supply and demand uh you have kind of like work out some new um initiative so mm. moving on do you um 
what other plans do you have? Like, or maybe you want to do a shout out um, for, to, to the audience. Maybe I address back to the previous topic about mm. uh, running a social enterprise. Okay. What is the prerequisites that you need to have? Mm. You need to be very open-minded, I think, to run a social enterprise as, a, uh, as compared to running a private limited and all, right? So running a private limited, it's easy. Everybody is attuned. We want to make money. The goal is, is there. Everybody is, is very is very clear cut. Okay, yeah. we want X profit by X month. We all work over that. So it's clear cut. But running a social enterprise is not just about the money, but it's also about um, how you can influence the community, how you can the help impact. one another. So, so when running a social enterprise, what I learned is you have to have a very open mind. You must be very open to going to all the different networking sessions where I will meet people like you. You know, you come. <laughs> I talk to you. I get this idea. I talk to another person. I get another idea, and then we can all add our little resources together into something big. So I always tell the volunteers, you know, we are just uh, each of us. We do not um, uh, underestimate what we are giving or yeah. what we are doing because every drop of water adds into the big ocean. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. ripple effect. Yeah, yeah, it's a collective. ripple effect. Yeah, so it's a collective. It's a ripple effect. And what we are trying to do is we are trying to coordinate all the different resources that's available. You pull it together, and then that's how we can really help the community. Yeah. So, um, so running a social enterprise is really about collaborating with people. So how all these different things come about is all through collaboration. So we collaborated with SGSS, which is the university mm. that I'm studying in. Yep. Um, and we uh, we also collaborated with Northwest CDC. It happened mm. that my um, where my office is is under the Northwest CDC as well. Wow. So Northwest CDC gave us a lot of support and mm. and, and also volunteers. Uh, we also collaborate with Race. So mm. it's the uh, is um, to support all the different social enterprises. So we really have to you know put ourselves out there. We be very very thick skin. Yeah. Keep asking people for collaboration. I would not say it's thick skin because you guys are doing <laughs> things for good. Uh, is to really brave through all this and really help who you want to help. Mm. Yeah, thick skin. I guess is like for any entrepreneurs <laughs> or any business owner, you, the thick skin has to be there, lah. Definitely, mm. you have to go out and reach for people. You can't wait for people to kind of feed you. Mm. Yeah, so that yeah, that is very good. When you're running a social enterprise, right? Sometimes the giving is not two way. Mm. It's one way. But running a business is different. Like you give me X, I give you Y. It's a very clear <laughs> more transactional. Issues. Yeah. Yeah, very transactional. So running a social enterprise is slightly different in that sense. Yeah. And just now you mentioned like like um like you you say that people who want to start business or start start a private limited is easy. But from what I I'm hearing from a lot of people is they felt mm. that start, starting a social enterprise is easy. But but hearing from you is is the mm. reverse. I guess it's because you know more about social enterprise. That's mm. why you will say that it's not as easy as as private limited. But for those who are saying mm. that, because they they might not have really matter with uh even to start off, they just have this idea that it's easy because uh Singaporeans mm. like to give, even to raise fund, even the government is want to raise fund is so easy, but. They they forgotten that there's also competition. <laughs> that means mm. different social enterprise, different uh, non profit are also raising funds mm. from this community in Singapore, in this small mm. community. There's only so much, and mm. and what I do you think that because there's a few of previous raised funds uh scam and all that stuff, does it really mm. affect you when uh, for social gifting when you reach out and 
when you want to raise fund? Does it affect you? Mm. Or people be asking you, where is this money going to? And yeah. mm. Definitely. So I've been in fundraising for about five years. So when I was running fundraising, right, people are always very skeptical about, uh, you know, uh, what charity is it? You know, whether do you have IPC and all. So we have to do a lot and give people a lot of assurance to let them know where, uh, how are the funds dealt with and how the money are used and all. So that's when we need to provide them with social reporting and to make sure that, um, to give them proper reporting to let them know how are the money used and what are the impact that is received. Uh, mm. that, that's kind of from this um, amount of funds raised. So for social lifting, to be frank, we don't raise a lot of funds. Mm. Um, we don't go out and ask people for money mm. because um, we we are the not ITC. Model, we are not yeah. yeah yeah. Our business model is not to crowdfund and ask everybody for five dollars and then we cut something. But it's really a lot more about giving in uh, giving giving kind. Like yep. you give materials and then I uh, uh upcycling. So you give me uh, your uh, fabrics that you do not use and then I upcycle into bags and then I sell it for bags. Yeah, that's it's more like the model that we are doing. Hmm. Is it because that you have done the raise fund uh, way or business model? That's why you adopt this business model for social gifting? Um, okay, I would say the reason, okay, because I'm also a very environmental friendly person. Hmm. So I, 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 I do not like to raise. I, I mean, personally, lah. Yeah. Okay, I, I think that it's not right to ask for money to buy things. Mm. Okay, unless this is about ration. Okay, if let's say you tell me that you want to give me, uh, five hundred dollars and this money is only for ration buying. Okay, then I think yes, yeah, it's a very uh clear cut thing. But you tell me you want to give me five hundred dollars and then to support my my, uh, activities uh, activities and all right. Then I I I I want to make sure that I can be able to tell you how I use the $100. Hmm. So that is something that I personally don't find it very comfortable if I cannot answer to you every dollar and cent how it is spent. But of course, we are, our, all our accounts are being audited and all to make yep. sure that our, our money is, uh, is used very carefully and all. Yeah, but what I want to do is actually more upcycling. They give me materials hmm. and I convert them into something useful. I think this is more impactful for the environment, for the society, rather than, you know, the normal fundraising method. Correct, yeah. correct. I guess that this is also uh, because from your experience you and, and you have your own, um, I would say, values. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe like integrity and also honesty. Uh, belief is a two-way traffic rather than like one-way. Mm-hmm. And you also paise, right? You also like don't feel good. Like you keep getting and, and there's only um, yeah. so much that you can do. Um, and this is this I, I felt that it's more viable business model because you are getting upcycling and and there are so many things that you can can upcycle and, yeah and um, especially in Singapore like a lot of us are very fortunate we're always giving things out so mm-hmm. this is something that I felt that uh, is very very useful and also like environmental fan- friendly um, mm-hmm. so it comprises of a lot of different elements and also activities that are even like for parents and their kids they can come together and volunteer mm. and to have this bonding so um, time really flies i know that um really want to have you uh, with us but maybe mm. you can let uh, the audience that is tuning still tuning in uh, we, i'm seeing a lot of, of people coming in which is lisa which is crystal lim which is brenda uh glenn uh claire carrie so uh, thanks, thank you guys for still watching. If you guys have any questions for Valen about uh, social gifting, um, mm. 
any question about setting up a social enterprise, you guys can always drop a comment uh, in the comment section and we will be more than glad to reply them. So um, maybe Valen, you can, you can share with the audience, how get, can they get connected with you? Okay, you can go to Google and search for social gifting and you find us there. We have Instagram, Facebook and we have a website. So um, anything, you can just uh, send us a message and we'll get back to you. So, and for those who want to volunteer, how can they reach you uh, via your website? Yes, that's right. We are also on giving.sg. So giving.sg is a platform where we recruit most of our volunteers. So we have uh, very regular um, activities um, uh, uh, not during the COVID time. So during COVID time, we are only doing mask making. But uh, other than um, during the non-COVID time, we actually have a lot more uh, activities that's out there. Hmm. So if you want, want to volunteer with us, just give us a shout out as well. Okay, so like you mentioned, during this period of time, like if there's anything that they can do, they can give and or to help uh, social gifting, uh, what, what, what can they do? Okay, if you have any new fabric, you can uh, actually pass it to us and then we'll send it to our volunteers to make them into masks. So we have made 5,000 masks for migrant workers and uh, 400 masks for vulnerable seniors and now we are making 400 masks for fostering children. Mm -hmm. So because we realize that uh, for children, it's actually harder to get masks for them yep. because they don't have the right size and all. So that's why we are moving on to make um, masks for the fostering kids. So is there any criteria for the fabric that they will send you that, that they have need to wash it or they need to uh, whatever? We, okay, because of hygiene, because it, it's going to be on the face, right? Mm. So it's, um, we are very concerned about hygienic issues and also currently we only taking new fabrics. Okay. Yeah, fabric okay. that's not worn before and not worn and not washed before. Yeah. Yeah, then, uh, then they, are, they should be breathable material lah, so that we can make it into masks. Okay, yeah. so for those who are tuning in, if you have any available new fabric, uh, you can always reach out to Valen via their website or give giving.sg, right? To be a volunteer. Yeah. Or you can drop her email uh, via the, the website. So uh, now it's your time for you to post the question of the day out to the audience and also to the next guest. So oh, the, um, Lisa has one, one question. Uh, Lisa Chong, uh, she asked, what fuel you to keep going to keep going on i think um it's the my children so you know whenever i see okay whenever i get frustrated from my children <laughs> and then when i do my keeping work i get i get my Balance. i get the energy back mm -hmm. yeah so i think it's you know it's, it's, it's a link thing right so so whenever i feel like my energy is low i look at my children i get a good energy and then i start giving back and then you know it's just it's just like a, a good cycle that mm -hmm. keep me going and wow. also, um, also because I have a very, very supportive husband. Mm. Uh, he is, you know, no matter what thing I'm doing, he's always giving me full support. So when I was going through my six-month policing training, right, everybody told me I'm crazy because I'm a mother. How can I be doing policing yeah. work? It's so dangerous. How can I be <laughs> walking out there with arms and all? And I mean, thankfully, I have a very supportive husband that tells me, you know, just do what you really want to do and, you know, we'll the family will just be there for you. Yeah, and I believe so. And I, I, I applaud you for volunteering and doing the policing because for you, I also hear a lot of parents say, uh, if let's say, if it's, it's another mother, they might be feeling that, hey, I've got, I have three kids or you have three kids, you should, you should stay at home and don't put yourself out and be more vulnerable to, 
to the chances of getting There's it. actually another story behind this policing. Hmm. The reason why I'm doing this policing work is because I lost a bet with my son. <laughs> yeah. So, because he wants to be a policeman when he grows up, and then mm. we had a bet to say, okay, if you get X amount of mark, mommy is going to sign up as a volunteer, and I will be, you know, a cool policeman. Wow. And then, and then you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to study really hard. So motivated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, I think for parents, right, we, we really go all out to do everything that we can to make mm. our ha- uh, our children happy. Yeah. And that, that in return, give, give us the kind of happiness, you know, yeah. Because well. that that is doing too good. Like like you make them happy, you get mm. your deliver. Uh, and also it's it's a kind of like bonding at the same time, and mm. it kind of motivate them to get re- good result. Uh, that that it sh- only shows that the next time you should not bet with them because they have the <laughs> tendency to win the bet. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I guess but you I would, mean, of mm. course. That's also because I do enjoy what I'm doing. That's why I continue to do it as well. Yeah, yeah. but at least you, you the the bet is like you doing volunteer work, and yeah. and they are motivated. That is where mm. uh I think it pretty much sums up uh what we have for today. Like how mm. to nurture your kids to have a giving heart. Um, so are you ready for your yes. question of the day that you're going to post out to the audience? Uh, and before that, let me see if uh any of them have any more questions. If not, then share with us your question of the day and for those who are tuning in um, this question also go out to you guys uh, so later on you can also answer Valen's question of the day so Valen okay. why do you think giving back is important and how are you doing it with your kids wow you have to slow down because I need to write, write it down so uh, <laughs> what was it again uh, why, why do you think giving is important why and you... how are you doing it with your kids why do you think that giving is important and how and how do you do it yeah how do you do it okay so the question of the day posted by valent is why do you think hmm? giving why you think give what do you think oh why do you think giving is important and how do you do it Mm. correct okay so this question of the day go out to all the audience that are tuning in and those who are watching the replay and also to the next guest. So next guest, do get prepared for the question of the day. So uh, last but not least, Valent, any advice, last advice for the audience that are tuning in, thinking whether they should pursue their passion or they should step into entrepreneurship? Any last advice for them, especially maybe even to start a social enterprise? I think um, whatever dreams that you have, hold on to it. If it's not the right time now, just hold on to your dream and there will be a right time next. And then, you know, just go for networking, you know, find people, uh, like-minded people, and then we can all start things together. Wow, wow. That is so awesome. Uh, once again, thanks, um, Valen, for making time and coming on to the show. A lot of golden nuggets, a lot of really giving back, um, sharing how you run uh, the social enterprise, uh, social gifting, and really make us feel that, hey, um, during this period of time, you are also still giving back by policing in uh, being volunteers to help to ensure that everybody is in the safe environment so uh, last but not least uh, Kenneth here signing off with Valen and I see all of you in the next episode see you guys thank you thanks Valen thank you